0: The madness continues here on the Locked on NBA Free Agency 2023 special. Appreciate you being here with us. I'm Kylan Mills, host of the Locked on Warriors podcast, host for the Locked on NBA channel, basketball analyst. And I'm excited to be joined now by Adam Armbrecht of Locked on Nets because we have some movement to talk about. Adam, how you holding up?
1: Hey, listen, it's uh, supposed to be a frenzy. That's why it's an exciting day for the NBA league wide. And hopefully for the Brooklyn Nets fan base, they're, they're excited about the return of Cameron Johnson.
0: There you go. You, you broke the news here. Restricted free agent Ford. Cam Johnson has agreed on a four-year, $108 million deal to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. What do you think about that?
1: The number is certainly it got to a place that I think the Nets fan base had to prepare themselves for. We had heard rumors that the Detroit Pistons were maybe going to make a big offer with connection to Monty Williams there. We heard Houston, with just a ton of cap room, would be willing to overspend on the open market. The Brooklyn Nets and Sean Marks seemed to make it clear they were going to match any offer. Listen, 27 million AAV for a 27 year old player who has now a lot of expectations in front of him. It does feel like a lot, but at the same time as the one a piece that came back in the Kevin Durant trade, I just don't think that the Nets could afford to let a player like Cameron Johnson walk away knowing the void it would leave in their rotation.
0: Speaking of that void, what does Cam Johnson bring to the floor for the Nets?
1: Yeah, so we saw this when he came over from Phoenix, got an opportunity with the injuries for the Suns as well to step up into a starting role for a stint there. He elevated his game, played about five more minutes per night, played all 25 games after coming over in the trade with the Brooklyn Nets. You saw him increase his volume of shooting on a night in, night out basis and not see a drop off from the field. Three-point percentage did take a little bit of a dip when we got to that playoff series against the 76ers. He showed that he's capable of elevating his game in the biggest spots. I think now, if you're a Nets fan, the expectation here is with this type of contract, Now it's about the on-ball work, right? It's about being able to take some guys off the dribble. He kind of has that slow but fast speed about him working into the lane, getting to the free throw line with more consistency, and also hanging his hat on the defensive end where, again, that rating saw a dip when he came over to Brooklyn. He's going to get the harder assignments now. He needs to show that he can step up in that area as well.
0: Now, for Brooklyn Nets fans, you know, I feel like it's been quite a year or two. The the organization said goodbye to Kyrie and KD. It seemed like they were in full rebuild mode. Uh, you know, where does that this signing leave them in terms of starting to put the pieces in place?
1: Yeah, I think you know we talked about on the podcast uh, with my co-host Doug Nori the the idea that Sean Marks is serving two agendas, and we've been a little bit critical of that because it's it's hard to do two things well simultaneously, and yet. With bringing back Cameron Johnson, with still having, at least at this point, Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neill veterans on this roster, it looks like the path here is consistency. Let's be a team that can be competitive, go back to the playoffs. No, it's not championship aspirations, at least in this moment. They have some other opportunities with TPEs and MLEs to add to this roster, but they also have a lot of youth. What's going to happen with Cam Thomas as they try to expand his role potentially, and then the the rookie draft picks and Noah Clowney and Dariq Whitehead. So I, I think they're trying to make themselves a respectable organization over the next two to three seasons while knowing they could be one year away from then another big decision and another big process around Ben Simmons.
0: And in terms of making any additional moves, you kind of mentioned the MLE being open. You know, what direction do you see the Nets going throughout the rest of free agency?
1: Yeah. They, now they got a second TPE in trading Joe Harris to the Detroit Pistons, sent two second round picks, the ones that they actually got uh, via Jay Crowder going to Milwaukee Bucks, all ultimately in the Phoenix trade. So they were able to shed that contract, But but they're coming up against that tax mark right now. So their MLE lives closer to 6.7 than to what could be the full non-taxpayer 12.4. So that limits where you can spend that money. Um, I've been preaching going after guys at the Mo Wagner kind of level players that come in and fill a role can really help you do something that complements someone like Nick Claxton. If you want to go with the full TPE, yeah, Christian Wood is sitting out there and he may be a person but he also spaces the floor, can shoot the three and has enough size to make an impact on defense. This backcourt also needs to be addressed. I thought that they should have made a big push for a young player like Kobe White. He returned on a three for 40 to Chicago. Now, I think you look even at players uh, like the Pelicans, Kira Lewis Jr., who was let go to walk into free agency. At some point, if the Nets aren't going to make the big expenditures now, and, and not every team uses those MLEs and TPEs, then you got to go with volume, bring in a lot of guys to varying degrees of experience at the NBA level and see who can shake out and and claim, especially one of those backup roles, because Spencer Dinwiddie right now is the default point guard. And I don't think that's where the Nets want him to be over the course of the upcoming season.
0: Yeah. Now you mentioned the potential of bringing in a lot of guys to play, you know, some different roles. Do you have any predictions in terms of what the starting five could look like come October?
1: As of this moment, right now, which always goes down infamously, I, I think I know, it pretty right? much famous looks- last words. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but I think it ends up looking exactly how this last season finished. Outside of getting another point guard in that backcourt, um, a guy like Trey Jones was also on the radar. He returns to San Antonio on a two-year deal. But 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 barring a seismic move, it's Spencer Dinwiddie, it's Mikael Bridges, it's Cameron Johnson, it's Dorian Finney-Smith, and it's Nicholas Claxton. Again, they don't they don't have a lot of depth here to go to other players. They have a lot of youth. I would like to see them bring in a legitimate point guard that affords Spencer Dinwiddie to become that flex player in between the first and second units. But I, I think that they want to build the chemistry this offseason. They believe that in adding more balance behind that starting unit, that they can stay competitive. Until I see otherwise, though, I think they're standing pat on all of the players that they got back in both the Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant trades.
0: Hmm, interesting. We'll have to see who some of the role players are that they end up bringing in, uh, you know, in some of these deals to come. All right. Well, Adam Armbrecht, Locked On Nets host. Appreciate you joining us. Be sure to give him a follow and keep an eye on all of our Locked On hosts. They are your only podcast hosts that are hosting every single day. They're breaking down all the latest going on in free agency. Should be, so be sure to give them a follow and keep up with the latest. Appreciate you joining us here, Adam, on the Locked On NBA Free Agency 2023 special.
1: Thank you.